Hi there, and welcome back to 10 Minutes Before Class. I'm Professor Diascro. This is the 15th episode of the podcast. I can't believe it. It seems like I've done so many of them, but then also so few. I think my sense of time in the last few months is all over the place. Last week, I had a writing workshop for the students in my program, and I thought I'd use this episode to share a few of my thoughts about undergraduate research writing today. I always start with how hard writing is because students feel so generally insecure about their writing inabilities, and everybody struggles with writing. And I think it's really important just to start there. Writing is really hard. Most of us are not born writers, despite what some people will tell you. Writing requires learned skills, not least reading proficiency, which not everybody has for a lot of reasons, not least because um, the language they're writing in is not their first language. That's certainly true in the United States very often. And not everyone likes to read, so they don't get a lot of practice in. And writing requires reading, and reading requires practice. Grammar and composition skills. Again, a lot of what we know about grammar and composition comes from reading and having that modeled for us. It also comes from school, and it depends on what kind of schooling you get in that, um, how good you are at grammar and composition. Organization and discipline are learned skills. The synthesis of ideas, how we put our different ideas together in cohesive ways, a learned skill. Critical thinking about the work of others, and importantly, our own work, is also a learned skill and very important for solid writing. Writing is not a linear process either. We tend to think that it has like a beginning, and then you work along, and you do these things, and then you get to the end. And in my experience, and in most, I think, the experiences of most people that I know, this is not the case. Two steps forward, one step back, that's the linear part, but not moving forward all the time. But then you take a right turn, you take a left turn, you turn around in circles, you ditch your topic, you pick something new, you take another turn, you go forward, you go back, you go left, you go, you get the idea. It's all over the place. All right. So writing requires enormous patience. It requires a lot of practice and it requires loads of time. All that time to do the steps forward and the backward and the right and the left and thinking about what you want to do. And most of us are just impatient or we're rushed for whatever reason, lots of times for good reasons. And that can get in the way of writing. And it makes it seem like we're not particularly good at it when in fact, this is just part of what you need to do um, to write. So if you find writing difficult, you're in very good company. My advice is not to believe all the folks who tell you that it's easy, it's just not, and then to just keep plugging along as best you can. So related then to plugging along as best as you can is my second point that I make with my students, which is to get help. And really, most students, most everyone needs help on something that has to do with writing. We all struggle in one way or another. So talking to your instructors about the writing prompts and the assignments they have is critical. Asking questions along the way instead of like the night before something is due. And then being open to feedback is just essential. Because writing is hard and it takes a lot of effort and time, we tend to put our heads in the sand a bit and pretend that it's just not a big deal or that we're better at it than we actually are. 
or that we're good enough and we settle for whatever level we're at. And that's fine. That's okay. Um, You get to make a choice about how much time you want to spend on something. But if you want to improve your writing and improve your communication skills more generally for school and for work or anything else, then seeking and attending to the help that you get is really important. It is hard to have other people read and critique your work, but that's how we learn. And so again, that's another important skill. In addition to talking to instructors, take advantage of your campus writing centers. They can be very helpful and they are open. I would imagine all of them, even in a remote environment, they can be really helpful in providing another set of eyes on your work and for giving more in-depth critiques of your writing. So use them, use them. So among the most common issues that I see in my own work, but I also see often in my students' work, and you may recognize them in your own writing, are grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes, composition mistakes, trouble with research question development and thesis or hypothesis development, depending upon what kind of project you're working on. Synthesizing information is really difficult for most people. Um, Identifying and presenting evidence and sometimes collecting your own evidence can be hard. Developing arguments, coherent arguments is a challenge. And then citation and plagiarism are, um, are difficult too, and students really struggle with that. So different instructors may care more or less about each of these, um, and they may have others to add to the list, of course. So you want to know what the expectations are of the person who's going to be evaluating your work. So again, ask the questions. Make sure you know what's expected of you. I'll just say one or two things about each of these, um, and I'm going I'm to go through it pretty quickly because I usually spend at least an hour, sometimes an hour and a half in my writing workshop Um, just presenting some of these things. And obviously I don't want to spend that much time here. I've put some links to resources that I think are useful in the show notes. There are a lot of online tools and information available to you. So you should use those. Okay. So common grammar and composition errors. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I mean, students have trouble with subjects and verbs and objects and figuring out verb tenses and understanding what possessives are. And I see lots of incomplete sentences and run-on sentences and not knowing quite where to make paragraph breaks. These are all very common and they can be pretty hard to fix if you can't recognize them in the first place, right? So this is where having a writing center or somebody else to read your work can be really helpful. And I'll come back to that in just a second. There are also tools like grammar and spell checks that I'm constantly amazed my students don't use. I use them. I'm a terrible speller actually. So I use spell check all the time. Um, There are grammar apps like Grammarly and Grammar Check. My students have kind of mixed reviews about those, but they're out there. There's YouTube tutorials that university departments put out, especially English departments, that can be really, really helpful. One of my favorite online writing labs is the Purdue OWL from Purdue University. It's terrific. There's a link to it in the show notes. But the real key here is to proofread. And proofreading doesn't mean that you have to necessarily know what all the rules are. You have these tools that can help you with the rules, but you have to identify when, in fact, you've made a mistake. And so one way of doing that is reading out loud. This may be the most important thing you can do. I talk and read my work out loud all the time. Even if you don't know the rules of grammar and punctuation, you'll often recognize the mistakes you make if you hear yourself saying them. So a sentence won't flow right. You'll stumble over a word and you're like, what is that? Um, you take a breath where punctuation should be where it's not. 
and so much more. And so you get into the habit of reading your work out loud, you'll start recognizing the mistakes you make. If you don't know then how to fix them, you've got these other tools to help you. And then, as I've said, having an extra set of eyes is really important. So you can go to a stranger or somebody maybe who you know, even at a writing center, can also pick a friend, a parent, a sibling, somebody who you know, um, who will be kind to you, but also point out the mistakes that you're making. Okay. Theses or a hypothesis, depending upon what kind of research you're doing. These are the primary ideas or propositions that you're making in your paper, and they are integral to keeping you and your reader focused on the central point. They are kind of like the spine, if you will, of your work. And the most, the hard, maybe the hardest part about them, besides like coming up with an idea that you're interested in, is like knowing what you want to say. It's like knowing what you want to do in your project. And this takes a lot of time and thought. Again, lots of students don't take the time or spend the the thoughts, invest the thought that is required to, to do this well. You really need to reflect on what your interests are. You need to read a lot. You need to think about what you read and then read and think some more. So it's kind of, you know, this constant process of working through what you want to do. And sometimes you want a broad thesis. Often you want something that's fairly narrow and succinct always um, so that you can get to your point. Most of the time we're not writing books as undergraduates, and so you have relatively short papers to write. You need to stay focused. Synthesizing information, like I said before, is a challenge. Doing research includes a lot of learning about what we know about a topic, and new work builds on previous work. And so figuring out what we already know and then how our own work fits in and contributes is the process of synthesizing, or it forms the basis of synthesis. Synthesis is, um, I usually talk to my students about like kind of creating and building your own puzzle from the puzzle or from the puzzle pieces of others. And so you're really like reading research, articles, reports, what have you, books um, that are related to your thesis. Um, So you're reading, and then you're deconstructing those pieces of work to identify the relevant parts of that work that are um, important to your thesis. And then you're reconstructing those pieces by putting them back together for your own research, okay? Um, Again, that's based on your thesis. So you really do have to have a thesis that helps guide this process. And then you're reading, deconstructing, reconstructing, and that's what synthesis is. Um, It's hard, and that requires a lot of practice. With the new, and then you're, you know, you have, you've got these pieces, you're putting these pieces together. And a lot of times what you discover is that those pieces are the evidence that you use to build your argument. And there's lots of different kinds of evidence. Depending on your project, you might use the work of others from this um, synthesis part of the project um, to support your argument, or you might make your own observations and collect your own data or other evidence to support your thesis or to test your hypothesis, again, if you're doing a hypothesis testing project. And those pieces of evidence are attached to your thesis, and together those make the argument. An argument is tying your thesis to evidence. One requirement that I have for most of my research assignments for students is to present at least one alternative argument that they're an alternative argument to their own in their papers. So even if you're not required to include this as a formal part of your 
paper, I think it's a good exercise for strengthening your own work to think about the other positions, the other theses that might be put forward in the area that you're interested in. Intellectually, it's a good exercise just for your brain to work through that. It's part of the puzzle. Um, But it also reflects the reality that so many positions are not absolute and that yours is not the only one, that there are different ways of examining the world and that they lead to different conclusions. And I think that's just a really important part of synthesis and critical thinking and critical writing. Okay, last point is on citation and plagiarism. And like all of the other topics, I could spend a ton of time on this. It is extremely important. And again, I've got some um, tools and sources for you in the show notes. But let me just say a couple quick things. One, two related things. One is that knowledge builds on knowledge. Arguments build on other arguments. We need to use the work of others in the work that we do. Okay, so there's absolutely nothing wrong. And in fact, it's essential to build on the work of others. But, or and, we must give those others credit for the work that they do. If we don't, implicitly or explicitly, if we're assuming their views, their arguments, their work as our own, then we're stealing their intellectual property. So like everything else, we need to learn how not to do this, and it takes time and it takes practice. Some of the sources I provide in the show notes can help with that, so please take a look at those. There's so much gratification that comes from writing. I just love writing. I struggle with writing. I'm not always great at it. Different kinds of writing, I'm better at some parts of writing and less good at others. It's very hard. It takes a lot of time and a lot of practice, but I encourage you to keep working at it strong writing is so worth the time and the effort that it takes. Okay. On that note, I hope you found this episode meaningful, maybe a little bit useful to you. If you did, please leave a rating and a review where you listen to podcasts. It helps spread the word about 10 minutes before class. And I'd love to get more listeners as always be safe and be well. And I will see you next week.